You are listening to episode 57 of the Tennis Files podcast. Happy New Year! Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mehrban Iranshad. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. I want to wish you a very happy new year. I'm actually recording this on New Year's Eve, so I'm looking forward to um, celebrating and ringing in the new year uh, in a few hours. But uh, for this episode, I want to talk to you about the top 10 things that improved my game in 2017. And so I sat down and wrote down the most impactful things that I changed in my routines or uh, in my game uh, this past year and what helped me the most. And so I just want to jump into uh, these top 10 things uh, because I feel that uh, there's going to be at least a couple that you might not be doing and that you can implement into into your practice routine uh, to help you play better. So um, the first one is concentrating on doing dynamic warm-ups before tennis matches. And so the purpose of a dynamic warm-up is to activate the muscles that you're going to use during tennis or uh, physical training. Uh, the difference is that um, it doesn't, it, you don't hold the stretch at the end position um, like you would with static stretching. Uh, there's, I know there's a lot of people who, when you mention stretching, uh, they instinctively think about um, the ones where you do hold your muscles or your body uh, at a position for, you know, 10 to 30 seconds or more. But dynamic warm-up is best before tennis matches. And there's even been studies that have shown, uh, numerous studies, uh, that conclude that power output from athletes is uh, a lot lower um, if you perform static stretching before uh, competition rather than dynamic stretching. And that that reduced performance can uh, last for around 60 minutes. Uh, and so, I mean, I've experimented with this as well. And in fact, you know, if you perform static stretches before you're warmed up, uh, that's definitely, uh, it, it could even be unsafe uh, in terms of maybe pulling something. So, you know, more than just giving you like the reasoning, I, I want to give you uh, my uh, dynamic warm-up routine before matches. So maybe this can, uh, you know, help you if, if you tried. And it's really helped me because uh, I used to be the type of player who uh, didn't really think about warming up at all. You know, I, I maybe would just leap out on the court and hit some. And I'd always take a while for my body to get warm and for me to get, um, you know, into gear in terms of uh, like my physical performance levels. But ever since I've been performing this uh, warm-up routine, I've uh, definitely been playing a lot better and with more intensity as well, which is uh, fantastic. So the routine for me is I will 
uh, spend about five to ten minutes, uh, usually on a, a stationary bike. If there's no bike, you know, I'll jump rope for five minutes, or I might jog around uh, nearby the courts for five or so minutes. Uh, and then once my body is warm, uh, then I'll do a knee to chest walk. And you know, if you don't know these exercises that I mentioned, you can always. Uh, Google them or just email me at, at mirban at tennisfiles.com, uh, which is M-E-H-R-B-A-N at tennisfiles.com. Uh, so, yeah, so the knee to chest walk. And then after that, I do uh, lunges with a body twist. So, I, you know, you just like you do a normal lunge with no weight. Um, but, you know, as you're coming down, you uh, twist your body to the left and then, you know, you twist to the other side once you do the, another lunge and so forth. So, um, obviously opposite arm, uh, and leg each time. And then after that, I do a straight leg march. And then after that, I do uh, back leg kicks, uh, where you pretty much kick your heel to your butt. Uh, and then I perform arm circles and then arm hugs and then I'll also uh, do some side steps and crossovers and, uh, you know, movements that you're going to use uh, before you play. And so, you know, you might do just a couple sets of uh, 10 to 15 of these each. And, uh, you know, if you do that, you're going to notice that, you know, you'll p- pick up a light sweat um, and your muscles be will be activated. So, I mean, you can experiment um, doing the dynamic warm-up one uh, one time before playing versus not doing it, and you're definitely going to feel a difference. So I would highly suggest that you perform a similar dynamic warm-up routine like the one I mentioned. Obviously, warm up the body first would be great, you know, on the bike or whatnot, and then perform those exercises and see how that works for you. Uh, so the second thing that improved my game uh, that I focus a lot more on, and it didn't just improve my game, but my recovery and, and you know, how I felt um in the the days after I played uh, is stretching after tennis matches. And obviously this is very related because the first point was pretty much about stretching. Uh, But this one is more about the static stretching. And uh, I'd like to give you my routine for that. Uh, But, you know, it only takes about, you know, five, 10 minutes or so. But it's going to give you a, a huge leg up in terms of how much better you feel um, you know, when I go to the gym and I lift, for example, um, and I'll do squats or deadlifts or, or any other exercises, my body kind of feels compressed. But if I take the time to um, to stretch my body, uh, then I feel way, way, way better. So, I mean, the routine that I do, and there's so many different exercises, is, you know, I'll stretch my, my quads I'll stretch my hamstrings, uh, and I like to use uh, bands for that. So um, this especially helps. So, you know, lying on your back when you stretch your hamstrings, you you uh, wrap a band around uh, your foot, and then you, with your leg, pretty much, say, like 90% straight at least, to bring it up uh, all the way up to form like a 90-degree uh, angle. And then you can also bring your legs to the left side of your body and the right side of your body. And after you do that and you hold that those stretches, uh, it's it's kind of an interesting feeling. You'll feel like you like you grew an inch almost because your legs will just feel longer. So that's that's great. 
Um, and then I also um, do some uh, groin stretches as well. Um, you know, you can do, you can sit in like a butterfly position and, and press uh, down on your knees with your elbows and, and other things like that, uh, exercises like that rather. Um, then I like to uh, stretch my shoulders as well. Uh, like I mentioned, you know, putting your uh, one arm, uh, grabbing it with the other, uh, having that, that, like, for example, your left arm across your body and then your, your right hand on your uh, left arm's elbow and then just pulling it uh, until you feel a stretch and, and vice versa on the other side. Um, and then I like to stretch my triceps as well. Uh, and then I stretch my wrist, you know, pulling the wrist uh, back gently uh, with the other hand. And uh, so, yeah, just holding those those stretches, taking five, ten minutes or so, really makes a huge difference. Um, and, you know, you might want to rush out, but it really is just a matter of remembering how much more pain you're going to be in if you don't take, you know, 10 minutes to stretch. Is it worth it? Yes, it is worth stretching for a little bit to feel a lot better and be able to play and recover quicker. So that's for sure, you know, stretching after tennis matches, please take the time, you know, just pick a routine and stick with it and just be consistent. So the third thing that improved my game in 2017 is using the approach of picking one stroke to focus on during practice. You know, it could be one stroke, one strategy, you know, something. But, I mean, the thing here to keep in mind is that um, it's almost a better be safe than sorry approach. And uh, and I'll explain that, you know, if you go into a practice, uh, first off, with without thinking of uh without picking anything to focus on beforehand, I mean, that's really not productive at all. Then you're not improving your game. You're just getting in more reps. Um, But if you go into a practice conversely with um, thinking about several things to improve, uh, it's just tough to be able to improve any of those things. You know, if you're kind of scattered and you try to remember one thing to improve on and then another thing to improve on, um, I rather just go full force with my uh, one concept uh, and accomplish that. Uh, and, you know, it depends on the person. Some people have more capacity to, you know, say work on a forehand technique and then also work on, you know, a strategy, uh, you know, uh, as well. But, I mean, I, I personally prefer to just go in and say, I'm, I'm focusing on this one thing full force, and that's where I get the maximum benefit, and then I can always focus on something else the next practice. So, you know, it, along with that, again, just before you practice, set a goal for yourself. What do I want to work on? Um, and if you would like a free resource on how to set goals, um, you can go to tennisfiles.com slash smart goals for a guide on how to set smart goals. And uh, that is uh, that link will be posted uh, in the show notes uh, underneath this blog post, which you can uh, for this podcast, which you can check out at tennisfiles.com slash 57. All right. So the fourth tip for you is to uh, work on your second serve. And I say this because uh, I remember 
uh, one guy, uh, Harris, who was an extremely good tennis player, and I spoke with his dad once, who was a, a great coach, and I remember him saying, you're only good as your second serve. And at the time, you know, it made sense. Uh, I was a teenager, but I didn't really think about it. But, you know, after reflecting uh, on my junior career, uh, you know, I realized that um, I didn't really have um, that great of a second serve in the sense that, you know, I didn't have a very good kick serve uh, or topspin serve. So I kind of relied on my slice serve. And, you know, that had... Uh, less net clearance and like you know when when it was a big point sometimes I'd get nervous and double fault and stuff like that but I mean the whole point is that when you have a great second serve that you know is consistent and can go in I mean the sky's the limit because then uh, you know that you you know you're not going to give any way free points or minimal free points and then that's when you can confidently start hitting bigger first serves because you know that you're going to make your second serve uh, and so this is actually something I did uh, recently. I was actually in Orlando in December for a bit with my parents. And so, you know, there were courts nearby. Uh, I had my dad feed me balls a couple of times. But every morning that I was there uh, in the beautiful city of Orlando, I would walk about five-ish minutes or so to the nearby tennis courts. And I had bought... Uh, about seven cans of balls from Target. Uh, God bless Target. Uh, very nice place. Uh, I do not get any commission from them. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'd walk to the courts and I would I just practice my second serve. I um, mean, you know, that's all I did. I really tried to get as much kick as I could on my serves and it was fantastic. Um, I, I started by uh, working uh, from the you know trophy position uh, to minimize all the other extraneous movements and just worked on developing uh, the proper uh, swing path and uh, you know top spin or kick on the ball and you know that's going to help that's going to help a lot because a lot of players can't handle a very good kick serve um, so and two actually two drills that I uh, performed to help me. Um, you know, perfect the technique. Uh, the first one is to hit serves from your knees. So you basically kneel down. Uh, you know, you can do this uh, on the baseline you know, where you normally serve. And then what that does is that forces you to hit up. Um, you can't get the ball over the net if you don't hit up. So that's really crucial. Um, so try hitting a few serves from your knees. Um, that really will force you to hit, you know, spin on the ball to get the ball you know, to loop up and, and then drop down on the court. The second one, uh, I mean, I guess it's not really a drill, but it could be, but it's just really remembering to stay sideways when you're hitting the serve because if you open up too quickly, uh, you can't really hit a kick serve. You're you're rotating in, you know, back into the ball, uh, and, and that's more of like if you're hitting a slice or flat serve. But if you notice a lot of the, you know, the pros, what when they hit the kick serve, they're staying sideways as much as possible. And, you know, I've I've experimented with this myself. And it just, you know, if you do not, if you open up too early, you're not going to get spin. So just try even staying sideways throughout the whole serve because um, then that'll make you stay sideways as much as possible. And that'll help you a lot with uh, hitting more topspin or kick uh, on the ball. 
Uh, the third tip that I have for you on your second serve is just experiment with finishing your serve on the, if you're a righty on the right side of your body, and if you're a lefty on the left side of, of your body. Because I find that if you finish on, on those sides, because, you know, normally when you hit a slice or a flat serve, say if you're a righty, um, you, you know, toss the ball up, you hit it, and then you're finishing uh, on the left side. But um, if you try finishing on the right side, uh, you're going to find that uh, more likely than not, you're going to be producing a lot more spin. And so, you know, for me, the whole point of this the second serve is uh, getting as much net clearance as you can that as possible and also getting a lot of good spin on the ball so that your opponent can't attack you. So that's my fourth tip. I know that was kind of long-winded, but I mean, basically work on your second serve. You're only as good as your second serve. Uh, they'll help you in uh, key situations, critical points. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. All right, the fifth tip for you all is to work on your stroke from the end uh, and then go backwards. And this, you know, this may be uh, uh, disputed by coaches and whatnot, but, you know, I it, this works for me. So, and basically why I say this is, for example, you know, what I just talked about, the second serve. If you don't have a good feel, for example, of like hitting spin, uh, you know, think about it. What's going to be easier? Is it going to be easier for you to start close to the point of contact and then developing that feel? Or is it going to be easier if you start with your entire motion and then hit the ball? Um, I mean, clearly, same thing. You know, it's, it's really about developing consistently, uh, excuse me, consistency, confidence, and feel if you're starting from from the end and minimizing, you know, the extraneous movement. So I really suggest you do that. You know, if you're having problems with your backhand, just basically use no take back for several repetitions and, and hit the ball um, and then, you know, try to get the feel there, especially if you're struggling with hitting some it with spin and things like that. You know, you just break the stroke down and start from the end, the end being, you know, at least near the contact point. Um, so, and interestingly enough, I, I also thought about this tip because I saw a, a video on Robert Lansdorp and, uh, one of, uh, his former players, I think it was Lindsay Davenport mentioned that he would have, uh, his students isolate their stroke and make them perform a smaller part of it, maybe like 60% of it or 80% or so, um, and, you know, he coached uh, Mary Sharapova, Tracy Austin, Pete Sampras, Lindsey Davenport. Those are all former number ones. Uh, so, you know, just uh, isolating the stroke and working on certain things uh, can be very helpful. And a lot of times starting from the end will be extremely helpful for you to develop your confidence and feel on the stroke. Then you can expand uh, the stroke later on. 
All right, number six of my top 10 tips that helped me improve my game in 2017 is consistently working on my fitness. Um, you know, in previous years, I've had, you know, small nagging injuries. Uh, you know, I've, I was diagnosed with chondromalacia, which is some sort of like uh, knee misalignment condition or something. Don't worry, it's not that serious, I don't think. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, the key to that is to develop uh to to plan out a a workout uh, regimen and then to stick with that consistently because it's very important i mean you know the stronger you are the less chance of injury you have and also what goes with that is the stronger you are the more of a base for power that you have and the whole point uh you know the the biggest mover of uh, tennis players as far as, you know, their game is power because, you know, the definition of power is moving um, an object, you know, as uh, quickly as possible. And what we're doing with tennis is we're we're moving a small object, a tennis racket, uh, explosively. Um, so that's why it's really important to work on your power if you want to improve your... Um, you know, how explosive your shots are, things like that. So, uh, you know, it helps you develop your endurance, you know, in long matches. Have you ever had a time where um, you were just winded after points or got to a third set and your body just broke down? Obviously, that's a, a really crappy feeling. Um, so working on your endurance is going to help you with that. And, yeah, I mean, just injury prevention, everything. So... Um, you know, it's best to write down your workouts, plan them in advance. Uh, and, you know, I won't go into too much detail about creating a workout plan. However, I did recently create a free tennis fitness workout guide for you, um, which actually has sample workouts to improve your uh, strength, power, and endurance. Uh, and it also has some very helpful principles that will help you uh, with your workouts and in, in your workout plan. So to get that, um, you just go to tennisfiles.com slash workout plan. Uh, so again, that's tennisfiles.com slash workout plan, and I'll have that link in the show notes as well at tennisfiles.com slash 57 uh, for your free tennis fitness workout guide. So yeah, work on your fitness for sure. I mean, there have been so many top 10 players this year that have been injured. Um, and so, you know, if you want to be able to play as long as you can uh, work on your fitness. Uh, the seventh uh, thing that improved my game in 2017 uh, the most uh, is having a morning routine. You know, you might not have expected this to be on the list because, you know, you might think, what the heck does a morning routine have to do with uh, improving your game? But it really has a lot to do with it. And also it helps improve your life a ton. Uh, I have uh, I've had Alistair McCaw on the Tennis Files podcast twice now, I believe, and um, he in his new book Champion Minded he talks about his routine um, and how much it's helped him be productive during during the day. And so, you know, for me it's the same. I have a consistent morning routine that I follow, which helps me have a clear positive mindset and to be ready for the day and really you know if I don't have if I don't follow uh, some sort of morning routine uh, I kind of feel like my mind is fogged up and I'm not 
100% focused, and I just don't really perform that well. So it's almost like a boot-up sequence for me. Um, so here's my morning routine. You know, I'll wake up, uh, I'll have a, uh, a, gl- a glass of water, then I'll have a protein shake, and then I'll go work out. So I'll usually work out for, you know, depending on what the workout is, maybe half an hour to 45 minutes. Uh, if it's if it's a non-workout day, I'll still go to the gym, but I'll just go maybe for like 15 minutes on the elliptical or and then stretch or something like that. Um, so the first thing is a workout uh, that gets the blood flowing. Uh, and then after a workout, I will go and have, uh, go and take, a shower, and the last a minute of it, uh, maybe less some days, uh, will be cold. So I'll take a take a cold shower, and that really also gets me uh, refreshed. Um, and uh, numerous, you know, people I follow do that to great effect. Um, after the cold shower, I'll actually meditate, and I use an app called Headspace, and that's really fantastic. Um, so I'll meditate um, anywhere from ten to twenty minutes. Uh, and then after that, I actually have a journal, and I'll write uh, three things that I'm grateful for, and then I'll also write about what I my top priorities for the day. So just doing that um, really helps a lot. And uh, you know, if if I don't do that, and I step out on the court, I also find that I'm less alert and focused and. Um, you know, just try it for yourself, and I think it'll make a big difference in actually everything you do. So that's a quasi-tennis tip for you all, but I, I know it'll help your game as well as everything else. All right, number eight is eating enough calories for matches. Uh, this is really important. Um, I used to not be as cognizant of uh, preparing my bag for things that I needed, but then I had a few matches where... Um, I felt like I didn't have enough fuel, and it was uh, definitely really disappointing. Um, so what I like to do is I like to pack. Um, I always like to pack Cliff Bars uh, in my bag. I really like the uh, white chocolate macadamia Cliff Bar. That's my favorite. Um, and it has a great amount of uh, uh, carbs um, in there uh, that you because carbohydrates are really the main fuel that you use for high intensity exercise. Um, during points, um, whereas you use mostly fat during uh, non-high intensity, like say, you know, in between points. And then I also usually always pack bananas and I'll put a couple dates in a Ziploc bag as well. Um, It's great uh, source of uh, carbohydrates as well, glucose. And uh, yeah, I mean, so that's really important. I mean, the ITPA... Uh, the International Tennis Performance Association, uh, as many of, of you know, I'm a, a certified tennis performance uh, trainer. And so they recommend that you have 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrates during uh, per hour during a tennis match. And so that's, uh, you know, that's extremely, extremely key. And so if you do that, it's going to ensure that you have enough energy throughout the match. Um, So obviously you want to eat well enough before the match, and then you want to eat after the match to recover. But, um, you know, you should should have some sort of um, bars or bananas or something during the match to to help you have enough energy in addition to uh, your hydration 
uh, options as well. So number nine on the list is uh, having the mindset of always wanting to improve. I think above all, I've found that even more satisfying than winning is knowing that I'm improving my game. You know, if I have, if I win, but I know that I didn't play well or, you know, something was off, you know, sure, I mean, it's it's good that I won, but it's it's a lot more satisfying to to just know that I'm improving, you know, each time as much as I can on the court and, and uh, hitting the ball much better and uh, and increasing my my proficiency in the sport. So if you, you know, if you focus on winning too much, then you're going to, you're kind of, kind of be blinded as to what you actually need to improve because you might, um, sure, you know, you'll dig deep and that's really extremely commendable and, and you'll, you'll win and whatnot, but then you won't think about like, Hey, you know, maybe my serve technique isn't that great and I should improve it. Um, you know, you'll just keep, keep trying to win. Uh, so, I mean, the best thing is to focus on the process of improving your game and then you'll naturally, you know, win more eventually. And you'll also reach greater heights than you would if you just simply focus on winning. Because I know a lot of players who, um, you know, myself included uh, before as well, like in the juniors, you know, I, I thought about just winning, winning, winning. And so I was extremely consistent, you know, didn't miss many balls, but then other people were focused on, you know, developing the huge serve, you know, the huge game. And then, you know, after when we got older, I just found, oh, wow, these guys have huge weapons. Um, so even though they may have lost when they were younger, uh, eventually th- they had the game to like to reach the highest levels of of D1 or uh, pr- the pros or whatnot. So uh, always, you know, it's always good to strive to improve. Um, that's that's if you're listening to this podcast, that's probably you, most likely. Uh, but always find ways that you that you can improve. And number ten, uh, it's definitely related, but try to constantly learn from the best in the business. So always, always great to seek out experts, seek out the best coaches, um, find them in person, find them. Uh, you know, on podcasts, um, like the Tennis Files podcast, <laughs> uh, and other podcasts, find them on YouTube, find them in, uh, you know, courses and, and try to, you know, absorb that information, experiment and see what works, you know, what do you have to lose? Um, so just, uh, and this again applies in life as well. So, uh, just find the resources, use them you know, learn, fail, reflect, learn again. So I hope that you enjoy those top 10 uh, things that improved my game in 2017. Uh, They really, really did help me uh, a lot. And I can feel, you know, my game uh, reach a a higher level because of those things. And I will continue to do them uh, to help me uh, play better. Uh, I also got a couple plans for 2018, uh, what, what to be better at. Um, as well. I just want to stick those in here before I sign off. Uh, one of them is to be more consistent uh, with my practice schedule. Um, I kind of find that I just uh, sporadically end up calling somebody to hit where I feel like it's better to, you know, plan out 
uh, and what what days you want to practice and to have that set. So that's definitely a something that I'm going to work on a more consistent practice schedule. Another thing is to journal about my tennis matches as well, uh, about what worked and what didn't. And I do this sometimes, but I think I need to do this more consistently to have a more uh, accurate uh, reflection and just really more data on what's going on uh, with my game. And also, I uh, the third thing is to uh, record more of my matches and practices because the next best thing to having you know coach watch your matches is to actually record them yourself. I mean, you can do this easily with uh, even just your smartphone. Smartphones are so powerful these days. You can just get some sort of tripod and then uh, put that you know on the court uh, or have somebody hold up the phone for you for a bit or. You know, I use um, a uh, DSLR-like uh, camera to uh, tape matches and things like that and interviews and all that. Um, so, yeah, just taping and then watching your matches, uh, even posting them on tennis forums like Tennis Warehouse uh, Talk, I think the name of it is, and having people comment and then you know, listening to those people who you know are knowledgeable or who have uh, rationale that makes sense that they write down, you know, listen to those people and don't let, uh, any haters, uh, you know, put you down. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. You know, I just tried to pack it in with as much value as I could and, you know, give you an honest reflection of, uh, you know, what I thought of, of, and what I made, what I wrote down. I basically wrote, you know, these things down, uh, and then, tried to narrow, well, I wrote down a lot more than this uh, as far as the top 10 and tried to narrow down the ones that really helped me a lot. Um, So yeah, just uh, go back through them and just try to pick, you know, one or two, uh, try them out and then uh, see how they work for you. And then, you know, hit me up and let me know how it goes. So uh, I really appreciate you all listening in. I'm going to try to bring you uh, more great episodes and interviews with uh, professional players and coaches and other tennis experts in 2018. Um, and I again, I really appreciate you listening in. Uh, and it would be great if you could subscribe to the Tennis Files podcast. And, you know, there's subscribe buttons on pretty much all the podcast apps. You know, if you want to subscribe on iTunes, it's tennisfiles.com slash iTunes. Um, uh, just hit the subscribe button and leave a review and rating if you'd like. And uh, again, you know, all the resources that I mentioned in today's podcast will be at tennisfiles.com slash 57. Uh, appreciate, you know, your feedback and I uh, hope you enjoy the resources and the podcast. And um, yeah, so hope you all have a fantastic new year. Keep trying to improve your game. It doesn't happen overnight, but if you stick with your plan, uh, more often than not, you're going to succeed, and uh, it's going to be extremely satisfying. All right. I wish you all the best. Uh, Have a fantastic 2018, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files Podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.